0: Welcome back to the String Music Podcast. I'm your host Derek Suo and I am recording this at 9:49 p.m. on Friday October 26th 2018 and I just finished watching the Golden State Knicks game and I'll go over my impressions of uh, the Knicks and the Warriors but uh, let's get to some other topics first. During this past week, Steph Curry and Blake Griffin both dropped 50+. plus. Griffin did it against the Sixers, who were without Ben Simmons. And Curry did it against the Wizards. Now, the Wizards have been terrible on defense this whole season. And um, they've lacked communication, especially in transition. So Curry was about due for a performance like this. Tonight, he dropped, I think, 29 or 30 points against the Knicks. So... Uh, my prediction that he would be the MVP this year so far is looking real good. Um, But yeah, let's look at some other players who are doing pretty well. Zach Levine and Kemba are putting uh, up huge numbers on teams that aren't very good. Zach Levine is uh, playing for the Bulls and Kemba is playing for the Hornets. And they're just uh the go-to scorers on those teams, putting up huge numbers, but without consequence really because they're not going to those teams aren't going to achieve anything this year. Uh lots to talk about about the Lakers as well. Lance Stevenson still doing Lance things. He's just an energy guy. Uh crazy, unconventional. His footwork is really unconventional. That's why it's so inconsistent. And his shot is even unconventional. That's also why it's so inconsistent. He's just an unconventional player. Who doesn't have the most sound fundamentals, but he makes up for it with talent and creativity. Now, uh, I like him as a player, but I think he could be much better. But he's still doing Lance things. He'll still make you dance, you know? Anyway, uh, some things I noticed about the Lakers. I was watching part of the Lakers Nuggets game last night. And um, the offense has once again become stagnant and resorted to the lebron offense the lebron fence which is uh where everybody stands around and waits for lebron to create now they have a lot of ball handlers on that team not a lot of shooting and um but luke walton used to run better sets last year even and um i don't know what happened to the offense i guess lebron's just dominating the ball. But, and he is still a great option, but uh, I really think the Lakers could be getting much more movement and much more uh, just distribution and much more easy baskets. They won't have to work as hard for baskets, and if they were to develop a real offense, I really think that they could be a team that contends, but instead I just have them sneaking into the playoffs, based on my impressions so far. Now... Let's talk about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball shot still not great. Still um funky. But he's been playing some solid defense and he's got good vision. He started last night and he's got some great chemistry with LeBron, I really think. And um Lonzo is uh he's a pretty humble guy. I like that about him. And he's just working on improving his game, and I think he'll be a pretty solid player. He's contributing on the defensive end, he's also getting rebounds, and of course his vision is great. He just needs to improve his shot a little bit, especially at the free throw line where I think that's really hurting him. And I think that he could be quite the player. Meanwhile, Kyle Kuzma is a beast. He is, he's just really surprised me, I mean, coming out of college, I didn't really know much about this guy, but I never watched him in college. But last year I watched him and I knew from the preseason that he was going to be quite the player. And uh, I'm pretty sure last night he dropped over 30 points. I'm not sure how much. But um, against the Nuggets. And he's been good at the small ball five. And um, he hasn't been great on defense. But he's been good at the small ball five. Stretching the floor. Contributing uh, rebounds wise. And he's got that chemistry with uh, Lonzo and LeBron which is nice to see and of course Josh Hart is also a solid player I really think the Lakers have done a pretty good job of drafting players in the uh, past few years Josh Hart got that 3 and D skills and he can create a little bit for himself he's actually a solid finisher despite not being the most athletic guy so I like that about Josh Hart now I didn't get to see uh, Mo Wagner is still injured and Svee Makailuk didn't really play that many minutes. But I think that the Lakers rookies this year could actually help contribute to the Lakers team, as I said in the last episode. And I really think that um, Luke Walton should give them some run, especially once Mo Wagner is healthy. Now, uh, the Lakers have signed Jonathan Williams, and he's been playing solid. Uh, he's got some energy playing some defense, giving good minutes at the back of five. As well as JaVel McGee is actually pl- playing really good at the starting five position, catching lobs, and he's got energy protecting the rim and um, setting good screens. So he hasn't been shacking really that much. Um, and he's been getting some offensive boards as well. So the Lakers, they've got two wins now. They might be uh, on the come up. We'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, I got to talk about Rondo spitting on Chris Paul. I think that was uncalled for. I think that's unacceptable to the game. And uh, honestly, I think Rondo deserved a bigger suspension, as did Brandon Ingram and as did Chris Paul. We really, I don't like the game getting ugly like that. But the Lakers, they've been uh, running in transition more often, which I really like because they have many players who are well equip- equipped to uh be really good in transition with Lance and LeBron and Lonzo and Kyle Kuzma. So, I really think that's an improved part of their game. And I think, you know, the Lakers, I predicted them to finish 6th in the West. We'll see what happens. LeBron might uh I didn't predict LeBron to win MVP, but I do think he's still going to be LeBron, the same old LeBron James. He hasn't been shooting it well from 3, and he hasn't been shooting it well from the line. Uh, that's because his shot is really inconsistent and his mechanics are still they still haven't really developed that much since he was like back in Miami now uh, and he isn't going to get be getting easier shots because he's been dominating the ball and he hasn't really been moving off the ball as much as I would like in the preseason he was so I thought we would see more of that but he hasn't been so far but the Lakers have got two wins and we'll see how they progress now, I also wanted to cover the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're 0-4. Now, this really validates what I said about them. I predicted that uh, they wouldn't make the playoffs. And uh, Russell Westbrook is still his usual inefficient self. And he's still going to be facing criticism, especially from me, for his decision making. And his uh, inability to play disciplined defense. And his inability to, to take shots that he can make. Instead, taking shots that he has no business taking and his out of control general out of control out of balance play Um, and the Thunder are really struggling right now and Billy Donovan also is a terrible coach he needs to learn how to rein Russell Westbrook in and needs to learn how to put his players in better positions to succeed but uh, the Thunder are playing really ugly basketball and I'm just not a fan now, my pistons are 4 and 0. And I want to talk about that for a little second. Andre Drummond still is Andre Drummond. He's improved of a passer, but post game wise, offensive wise and defensive wise, he's just not gonna, he's not much improved. He's pretty much the same as he was in the NBA as when he first came to the NBA. Um, he's still a great rebounder, of course. Now, Blake Griffin, he just dropped 50 points against the Sixers, and then they beat the Cavs uh, this week as well. And Blake Griffin's been hot from the three-point line, and I see, I think it actually might be relatively sustainable as compared to his previous seasons. Right now, he's shooting like 65% from downtown. No way he sustains that, but I mean, as sustainable as in he will be an improved three-point shooter, He's shooting at the apex of his jump now, instead of hanging in the air and then shooting. But his free throw shooting has been, left something to be desired. And you would think like a better three point shooter would mean a better better free throw shooter. But his free throw shooting form, I've noticed, is not the same as his shot from the three point line form. And that's what leads to the inconsistencies. On his free throw, he's uh, not using enough arm and too much, he's just flicking his wrist but his arm is not like going in like a stroke motion. So uh, too much wrist flick. Not enough legs or arm in uh, his shot. Not in, not a fluid motion. Just a little flick up there. Like, like you would do with a nerf ball. Um, other things about the Pistons. Dwayne Casey. He said he would open up the offense. But right now the Pistons are in the middle of the league. They're... 18th in uh three-point attempts and uh, I think they're they're also in the middle of the league in pace so um we'll see uh, what happens there the Pistons also aren't a great defensive team so we'll talk about uh whether certain teams are real or not and I'll get into that later in the podcast so we'll address the Pistons more later now, watching the Cavaliers, they—I predicted they would get the number one pick, but I did not know they would be this bad. I thought Colin Sexton would be a solid rookie, and he is a solid—he is solid for a rookie. But I honestly think he should be starting. He could be making more of an impact, as well as uh, Jordan Clarkson. I think he's very overrated, as are Rodney Hood, and uh, I think Larry Nance is a solid player but uh, Kevin Love is not what he once was, and he's still a liability on defense. The Cavaliers just don't have the talent. They don't have the coaching. They don't have the uh, scheduling. They don't have any advantage to them, and I think they're a terrible organization, but I also think this shows how good LeBron really is because LeBron was able to drag that cast all the way to the finals last year, even though they got swept, but... uh, this cast will probably be the worst team in the league. Uh, they started; they're already zero and five. Um, I can't see them getting a win for a while, and uh, we'll see. I mean, the Cavaliers—they've got their struggles. The the the. Hopefully, they get the number one pick, and I think they'll have to draft R.J. Barrett or whoever is the best uh, college talent available. I also think uh, maybe uh, Zion Williamson could uh, contend for the number one pick but we'll actually talk about some of the interesting college prospects later in uh, this podcast moving on to uh, another team that I've been following a little bit is the San Antonio Spurs now they are relying way too much on DeMar DeRozan currently DeRozan is leading the league in minutes per game and Uh, the Spurs they rely too much on mid-range shots I don't know if uh, like I've said before but I'm not sure if Popovich is mailing it in or not but um, the Spurs offense is not what it was in as it was in like say the 2014 season and um, their defense isn't really that good either Uh, they have their struggles with Gasol DeRozan and Aldridge and they're without Dejounte Murray, who was a difference maker on the defensive end. So the Spurs, again, I'm not sure they might make the playoffs. Um, right now, I believe they're two and two, or two and three, or three and two, somewhere around there. And uh, they they did beat the Lakers, but it took them overtime to do it, and um, it took LeBron choking to do it. The, although. Greg Popovich designed a genius play to get Patty Mills open. Um, But uh, the Spurs, I think they're relying on a player who just doesn't make the right decisions. And I've harped on this before in uh, the previous episode of this podcast. But uh, I just don't think DeRozan is the kind of superstar who can carry a team uh, that is depleted like the Spurs to the playoffs. Now, uh... I wanted to talk about the Raptors because the Raptors' defense continues to look elite. Kawhi, continue. The Raptors are perfect right now. As of uh, the recording on this podcast, the Raptors, I believe, are five and zero and are are playing the Mavericks right now. And uh, Kawhi Leonard is still a beast. Danny Green has been shooting the three ball really well. Kyle Lowry has been outplaying uh, his past seasons and he's been playing really well on the defensive and offensive end he's got uh, efficiency and he's distributing well too uh, i really think the raptors might be a top uh, are definitely a top two team in the east might be the best team in the east although um i do think when they come up against the warriors they won't have a chance necessarily because they uh rely too much on Kawhi and uh individual brilliance and i'm not sure just how uh tested of a coach nick nurse is um yeah we saw this with the the raptors last year but uh, this year i do think they're improved and defense does uh uh count in the playoffs so i really think that they can do better this year but i don't i still think they're not um able to beat golden state but i would count them as an elite team now, uh, also this week we had Luke Doncic play Trey Young, and Trey Young he got the win, but Doncic outplayed him. I really think both of them are gonna be good players. I think that uh, Doncic he's uh, actually struggling with his shot right now, and I see that Doncic sort of catapults his shot. He doesn't uh, have a smooth stroke. He doesn't have a smooth. Uh, his shot comes up over his head and then he catapults this instead of keeping it slightly in front of his face and then shooting towards the rim whereas Trey Young he's got a beautiful shot i think um Trey Young can stand to improve on defense Doncic is real crafty um i think both of them are going to be good players i think both of them have potential to be an all-star um everyone wanted to write off Trey Young everyone was saying that uh, the uh, Hawks were fools for trading Luka Doncic for Trae Young but uh, I really think both teams won that trade and Trae Young has already started to show flashes and everyone's hopping on the bandwagon now again so we'll see. Trae Young is uh I think Trae Young and Luka Doncic will already are solid players and both have the potential to be all-stars. Now let's talk about the Sixers offense specifically I want to talk about Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons their jump shots are still terrible um Fultz has got a hitch in his jump shot and Simmons his shot is just all over the place um there's more than one thing wrong with it it's uh first of all he should be shooting right-handed his uh elbow's not aligned to the basket his uh he's using uh a little too much of he he's using a little too much of a, a two motion shot instead of a fluid stroke he hangs in the air too much um he fades away at times he doesn't need to fade away um his elbow is not aligned to the rim and what can I say about Simmons Simmons's shot is just terrible um and it's really hurting the Sixers because Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons defenders are just sagging off of him and clogging up the lane and making, uh, life hard for Joel Embiid, who is a beast of course, but Embiid, uh, has to work hard for his shots and so does, uh, JJ Redick, who's always constantly running around off screens and, uh, they're working hard to get open shots and I really think, um, I really think the Sixers, uh, need to de- completely deconstruct Fultz and Simmons' shots and completely reconstruct it from the bottom up from scratch and teach them every little mechanic and um continue playing them because they're just that talented of players but uh and getting them game experience but the- their shots need to be completely reconstructed now let's move on to the T-Wolves now uh Wiggins and Towns are still terrible at defense, um, and I'm critical of many players. I'm I'm a I would say I'm a pretty critical uh, basketball analyst, but I think Wiggins and Towns might be the worst defensive duo in the NBA, and um, Wiggins' offense has fell off from uh, his. Peak, and he's now averaging, I say, 50, I think, fifteen points a game, and he still hasn't contributed uh, as a distributor or as a rebounder or as a de- and his defense defending is terrible. I really think the Wolves are not going to contend this year, and um, obviously they're going to lose Jimmy Butler eventually. And Tom Thibodeau is uh, coaching a team that uh, can't play defense. It's ironic, and it's sad to see. But uh, the Wolves are not going to contend this year. Now, let's talk about this uh, Golden State-Knicks game that I just watched tonight. And um, I've got some thoughts on the Knicks. Now, they're missing Kevin Knox and they're missing Chris Chris Depp's Porzingis. So, I'm sure they'll get better once they get them back. But uh, the Knicks are really uh, starving for better guard play. Now, their only uh, decent guard is Frank Nilakina and he's not aggressive enough now he's improved on offense and he's solid on defense or he's actually a pretty good defender but uh nilakina is not aggressive enough and he needs to assert himself more now the knicks have uh tim hardaway he's much improved but he can still take some bad shots and uh in in close games those bad shots are going to come back to haunt you um if uh, Hardaway would take less bad shots, and uh, when he's off the ball, he, if he would move more, and set screens more, he could legitimately be one of the best two guards in the league. Because one of the keys to getting open, especially when you're a dangerous player, one of the keys watch Steph Curry and you'll see this. One of the keys to getting open is to always move off the ball and always set screens for teammates. And confuse coverages, confuse the defensive coverages. Now, uh, so Hardaway could do that to improve. Now, uh, let's talk about Trey Burke. He came off the bench this game. He was starting originally, and uh, he struggles. Now, on defense, he crosses his feet too much. He doesn't move laterally. um, He doesn't move laterally without crossing his feet and shifting his, his feet, you know? He gets, uh, he's got an inconsistent shot. Sometimes he shoots it with one motion and sometimes he shoots it with two. Now, he doesn't jump high enough on his shot to make it a viable shot when he shoots with two motions. And also, he relies too much on the mid-range. So, I really think Trey Burke, he won't be, I think he won't be long for the NBA if the Knicks can draft a better guard now um let's talk about the next game plan this uh during this game their game plan was to continue to run their offense but if their initial action got blown up they didn't really have much of a, a, a philosophy to resort to they sort of they sort of started freestyling or without a plan uh it kind of reminded me of the miami heat offense back when uh LeBron was on the Miami Heat where the or the Oklahoma City Thunder offense back when Durant was on the Thunder where uh, they would just try to use individual brilliance or individual talent, uh, have one person go at the defender if they can get past them, then pick up the dribble and then pass it out and then have that person take a turn at the defender. There was no uh, movement off the ball, no screening for the screener, and they had no answer for uh, Golden State switches on defense, um, and that's they their pick and roll coverage was poor too, especially against Curry and Durant. They got caught up on the screens, and the big man never uh, got up enough to contest the shots. You know, they obviously it's philosophy that they sag down, but um, you can't leave Curry or Durant to. Um, to their, uh, just give them. You can't give them open shots. You can't leave them when they're coming off the screens. Now, um, the the Knicks. What they should have done is, uh, well, they have several options. They could double Durant or Curry when they have the ball, and then try to rotate uh, to the players uh, that are get the pass, or they could uh they could bring the the big man up and then try and rotate to cover the rolling big men, off, off the Durant or Curry screens. Now but the Knicks they just don't have the coaching, they don't have the guard play. They lack the talent. They got some good energy, I will say. They got some good effort. But uh they're just not a team that's ready to do anything. And Oh, and I forgot to talk about uh, one of their guards, Damian Dotson. He's all right, but on defense, he seems to play on his heels instead of playing on the balls of his feet. Now, um, that makes him slower, and it cost him in this game where Dur- he was guarding Durant at times, and uh, Durant just pulls up in his face after creating the space. So, And in this game, the fourth quarter, Golden State just dominated. They had the better game plan. They had more talent. They had a better coaching, and uh, Durant was on fire. And there's really, uh, I mean, there was a lot the Knicks could have done better, which is honestly the culprit for uh, this game getting blown out of, uh, getting or for them getting blown out of the water, really. Now, let's move on from the some of the NBA teams, and let's talk about the NBA in general. Now, scoring is at an all-time high. And I really think it's because innovation on the offensive end is outpacing innovation on the defensive end. And the, also, the talent on the offensive end is outpacing the talent on the defensive end. As well as, of course, the amount of threes taken is now, um, because of analytics and, all the, and the efficiency of shooting threes, The amount of threes taken is just at an absurd clip. And I really don't see scoring and also the freedom of movement rules that the NBA has introduced, they all contribute to the rise in scoring. And I really think uh, you won't see a dip. And from here on out, scoring is always going to be at this level or, or better. And I think it makes the game more fun. I think it makes the game more back and forth leads to more transition, uh, um, and I think uh, we, we'll get to see more, creative, more and more creative ways for people to generate open shots and get the ball in the basket. Now, let's talk about uh, this one topic I wanted to address, is who are my top 10 players in the NBA? Now, this was hard to decide, and there's always going to be debate. Because you can bring up so many different statistics on who is better at what over who. and But here's my top 10. Again, this is a, my opinion. Uh, so please don't get at me for that. So number one, I have LeBron James. This is pretty self-explanatory. He is probably, a top, top, he's definitely a top two player of all time is in the conversation for goat and what else can be said he's he there's no more that needs to be said he's done everything he could i would say he could improve on his defense uh he hasn't played good defense for in years and um there's so many videos on youtube of lebron getting exposed on defense and it's sad to see but he's still i think the best player in the nba now number two i have steph curry and i predicted he would be the mvp this season and uh before this game against the knicks uh, i'm looking at his stat line his stat line is uh 34.6 points per game on 55 from the field 52.4 from three and on almost 13 attempts from three per game and 90 percent from the line so he's putting up a 50 50 90 season so far while averaging more than 30 points he's honestly playing better so far of course this could fall off although i doubt it he's playing better than his uh 2016 mvp season so i have to slot him in as number two the gravity he has on offense and his ability to confuse defenses his ability to get open even though everyone knows he's the best shooter in the gym his ability to get open, his ability to set screens, and uh, take coaching, really. And he's also a solid defender. All that contributes to me having Steph Curry at number two. Now, number three, I have Kawhi Leonard. And I believe he's back to his old self. He's playing elite defense, playing efficient offense, and um, he's led the Toronto Raptors to a 5-0 and record at the time of this recording and I just see he's so elite defensively might be what he already is in the conversation for best defender of all time as a wing player and uh he could I think he could win defensive player of the year again this year he uh and offensively he's got those turnarounds and fadeaways in the post his offense is a lot reminds me of a lot lot, it reminds me a lot of Kobe and um He's feasting on the mid range, feasting from three, and he's uh, feasting from the free throw line as well. So, Kawhi Leonard, I have him at number three. Number four is KD. And what more can be said about KD that's already not been or that's already been said? Now the one thing I wanted to address with KD is that I still think he's underrated defensively with his long arms and uh, lateral quickness and ability to contest shots, ability to block shots and his help defense. he He's one of the best defenders in the NBA and ever since he got to Golden State, his defense has really improved and that's coaching. I give all the credit to Steve Kerr and his coaching staff. Now, uh, Number five, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right now, he has the highest usage rate in the NBA. And um, he also has the highest amount of points in the paint, which uh, shows that he's getting a lot of points and he still can't shoot. But unlike, say, Russell Westbrook, he isn't taking shots that he can't make. He's getting to the basket using his length and his size and his spin move. He uses his spin move a lot. To get points in the paint and get easy shots. Layups and dunks. And he's a great defender. He's a great passer. A great rebounder. He can do it all except shoot. But uh, the Milwaukee Bucks haven't lost yet this season at either. At the time of this recording. So I have to give Giannis the credit he's due. Okay now at number 6 I have Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a complete player. Uh, he's shooting well. He's contributing on the defensive end and offensive end. The Pelicans have looked for real. They've picked up where they left off at the um, since the playoffs, and I really think Anthony Davis will contend for a top five spot in the NBA. Uh, if Kawhi weren't back to his old self, I would have Anthony Davis, you know, in the top five. But Kawhi's back, and he's back to his old self, so. Anthony Davis just slides out of the top five is in the top six now number seven I have James Harden last year's MVP he is a complete offensive player he's got nasty moves creative incredible passer especially anticipating passes he's he's kind of like a quarterback who throws his receivers open like he can throw his uh or he can pass his teammates open And he anticipates cuts and uh, anticipates his teammates being open before they are actually open. So he's a great passer, underrated passer. His defense has actually gotten better. Still not great, still not even good. But um, his offense more than makes up for his defense. So I have him at number 7. Now number 8, I have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been dominating this season. He still can't really shoot the 3-ball, but... um, but he still and he still does. But uh, that's a topic for another day. But Joel Embiid can do it all on the offensive end, defensive end. He's a he's a game changer. He really is. Um, and he's got great footwork, great craftiness. He can set screens. Uh, he has a post game, and he's just impossible to guard. And he's also really hard to score on. Now, uh, number nine, I have Russell Westbrook. Now, Russell Westbrook, he has the talent and the athletic ability to be, say, number one on this list. If he were to just cut down on mistakes, make better decisions, cut down on mental mistakes, play more disciplined defense, I really think he could be the best player in the NBA. He's that talented and that athletically gifted. And that physically gifted, but he doesn't do those things, so I have to slide him all the way down to nine. But uh, he's his ability to uh, his uh, his abilities are just that good that they keep him in the top ten. Now number ten, I had a debate between uh, two players. I debated between Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic, and I have to go with Damian Lillard. He just dropped 41 this week, and uh, he's leading a Blazers team. He can snipe from downtown from anywhere on the court. You have to guard him as soon as he crosses half court. He's athletic. He's a good passer. He's a good rapper, too, although that's not relevant. But uh, Terry Stotts is a great coach as well. And he's put Lillard in positions to succeed. Having a backcourt mate like McCollum helps. So Lillard, uh, I see him as the number 10 player in the league. Now let's talk about three players who just missed the cut. Uh, Obviously Nikola Jokic. I have uh, CP3 as well and Jimmy Butler. And now let's talk about Jimmy Butler for a sec. Because this week the Rockets offered four first round picks for Jimmy Butler. Now, I don't know the exact details of this deal, but if I were the Timberwolves, I would take it. Now, the Timberwolves aren't really going anywhere with the uh, Wiggins and Towns, and um, even with Butler, they wouldn't really contend. Now, they should free up Butler, and for four first round picks, they, there are some elite talents um, coming up in the next four, next eight years, even. So And um, I really think the talent pool is going to be greater and greater every single year. And a first-round pick is going to get more and more valuable. So four first-round picks for a guy like Jimmy Butler, I, I think it's a no-brainer. Now, I don't really know the stipulations of what years um, and what protections are on the first-round picks. So um, perhaps this, this might not be the, as great a deal as I think it is, but face value... I really think the Timberwolves should take it. And I think the Rockets, they might be making the right move to win now. And uh, with Jimmy Butler, I really think they could compete with uh, the Golden State Warriors. But I would still, even with the Jimmy Butler, I would still put Golden State ahead of uh, the Rockets. And it's the coaching factor that I um, would say makes the difference. Now... <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's talk about a couple teams. For real and not for real. That's the question. So real teams. Teams that have started off well and I think are real are the Pelicans, the Nuggets, and the Blazers. Now all these are these three are all Western Conference teams. Now the Pelicans have the highest offensive rating in the league so far. And um I don't see them slowing down too much. They picked up right where they left off, they got all the pieces. And uh, I see them as a really good team. Same with the Nuggets and Blazers. There's really not much to go into that hasn't been gone into. They've made the leaps that they've uh, shown the potential to do. And I see them as real teams. Now, not real. Which teams are currently mirages? As in, which teams might be worse than the records? And although it pains me to say this because I am a Pistons fan... The Pistons are a mirage. They've been cleaning up the glass real good. I see them as a team that could possibly be a good regular season team, but will not truly contend in the playoffs. Now, they're 8th in offensive rating, which is good, but they're 19th in defensive rating and 27th in pace. Uh, They got off to a 4-0 start, but here's the teams they've played. They've played the Brooklyn Nets, the Chicago Bulls, The Philadelphia 76ers without Ben Simmons and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So probably three of the worst teams in the East along with the Sixers without Ben Simmons. So I don't see and they still had to get into overtime and had to have a 50 point game from Blake Griffin to beat the Sixers. So I don't see the Pistons as a real. I've always thought that Dwayne Casey is an overrated coach. And the Pistons don't have enough shooting, enough playmaking, and enough defense, really. Especially on defense. They don't have enough defense to be a real contender or a real team. And I think uh, in the coming weeks, we will see that they're not as good as their 4-0 record says. Now, um, also, a team that might not be as good as their record is the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I've already covered... How much they rely on DeMar DeRozan. And, uh, but here's an interesting stat. For a Greg Popovich team, this is probably pretty rare. But they're not in the top 10 for assist percentage or assist ratio. Or assists. Now, the Spurs, that shows they have a lack of movement. They've been relying too much on Aldridge in the post and DeMar DeRozan in the isos. And um, they're not in the top 10 in true shooting percentage. Which means they're not getting easy shots. Not getting open shots. They're having to work hard to create their shots. Which in whether or not they make the playoffs doesn't matter. In the playoffs if they make it. it They will have a real struggle to score. And their defense is just not as good as they um, once were either. And they just don't have the defensive talent. I think uh, Greg Popovich has always had a good defensive philosophy but they don't have the defensive talent this year. So I don't think the Spurs will be uh very good this year. Now, let's talk about some of the college prospects, some interesting ones. I don't want to talk about every single one and um I I'm only going to talk about a couple freshmen. Now, let's talk about Zion Williamson. Do I think he'll be a good freshman or do or Sorry, do I think he'll be a good NBA player, or do I think he'll be a bust? Now, I think Zion Williamson is very intriguing. Now, he has a terrible jump shot, and he is a lefty. Now, he reminds me of Julius Randle. Some people say Charles Barkley. Now, I don't think his uh, game is diversified enough to even be Charles Barkley, but uh, Zion Williamson... Is really strong. Incredibly athletic. Plays a lot of bully ball. And can get shots close to the basket. And can jump over you. And jump jump on top of you. And completely. And draw fouls. Now he's not a great shooter. So we'll s- that can be improved. But he also has the strength and the quickness to be a good defender. And the size to be a good defender. So. He is short, but when I mean size, I mean weight. So, he is short. Um, there is concern that he might be a tweener as far as position goes, but I really think basketball is moving towards positionless basketball anyway. And uh, basketball is moving towards where more you can switch different positions. So, I think that won't be a problem for Zion. I think he'll be a good player. And he definitely has the potential to be all star or even a superstar. Now let's talk about Cameron Reddish. Cameron Reddish is uh, raw. I definitely say he's raw, but he's got talent. He's long. He's got size, and he's ultra talented. Diversified game. Um, I think he'll be pretty solid as well. Now I think um, he kind of will. I think of the. Prospects that I'm going to talk about in this episode. I think Cameron Reddish will be uh, probably the slowest starter of the um, six prospects I'm going to talk about, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. He ha- has time to develop and he has all the potential in the world. Now let's talk about RJ Barrett. So this is the third Duke Blue Devil that I'm talking about, but I think. They just have a incredibly talented class now. R.J. Barrett, he reminds me of Grant Hill. He's not a great shooter. He's inconsistent, but he's very athletic, very smooth. In transition, he's a nightmare. I really think in transition he can. He is one of the most deadly players in transition I've ever seen, and uh, I really think he'll constantly be putting up triple doubles um in the NBA. So I think he'll be a superstar. And I think he'll be the number one overall pick. And very deserving. Now let's talk about Nazir Little who plays for UNC. Now Nazir Little, I think if anyone's going to challenge RJ Barrett for the number one pick, it'll be Nazir Little. And uh, he is super strong. He was the MVP of the McDonald's All-American game. He um, can He's super athletic he's six seven he's got size he's got the wingspan he can be the next Kawhi Leonard and I really think so <sighs> excuse me I really think so and I think he'll be a top five pick for sure he could contend for the number one pick now let's talk about another freshman this one at Indiana in Romeo Langford now Romeo Langford is a scoring guard and when I say scoring guard, scoring, it's scoring and scoring. He gets buckets. Now, um, I think he's a difference maker. And I really think Indiana will be a team that uh, surprises people in the college basketball world. I think they'll be able to actually do some damage in the Big Ten this year, despite being not very good last year because of Romeo Langford. And I really think he's that much of a difference maker. And he's a, a great scorer. And um, I would love for my Pistons to draft him. But I don't see the Pistons getting a high enough pick. So that's unfortunate. Now the last prospect I want to talk about. And this one is a variable prospect. Because I've seen him in mock drafts as high as a top 5 pick. And as low as the uh, outside of the lottery. And this is Bull Bull. Now he's the son of Manute Bull. He's... Very big. He's very skinny. And he's got all the potential in the world. He can stretch out uh, the defense. He can shoot from three. He can protect the rim. And uh, he's got a relatively diversified offensive game for a college player or for a college freshman. Now, I think he could definitely improve in that area. Um, But Bull Bull, I think out of all these players, he has the most potential. And uh, we'll see how he plays in college and we'll see how he improves and boosts his draft stock. Now, um, I don't really follow college that much, but I will be following college enough to know about, um, these prospects that I just talked about, because I do believe that, um, these six prospects that I talk about are, um, special prospects and, most interesting I'm not going over some other prospects that are projected to be really good as well but I'm just going over these six because they're the most interesting to me all right that has been the uh coverage of like six college prospects that are really interesting and my name is Derek Suo this brings us to the end of episode two of string music podcast if you have any specific topics or players or teams you want me to analyze or talk about, or if you want me to do, say, like a different format, like a live commentary of a game, I've been thinking about that. If you want me to do that, please email me. Uh, my email is Derek J. Suo. that's S-U-O, at Yahoo.com. Please email me. And also, feel free to leave feedback Tell me what I can be doing better. Tell me how I can improve as an analyst and as a how I can improve improve in my preparation and as a commentator as well. Um, yeah. Tell me how I can improve. Leave me feedback. You can hate if you want to. That it's that's your right. You're free to do that. And so that's all I have to say for this evening. My name is Derek Suo. I'll be back next week. This is String Music Podcast signing off. Thank you.